It's past seven. Ireland and the EU have set ambitious targets for cutting greenhouse gas emissions and transitioning to a net zero carbon economy in the years and decades ahead. And today the Fiscal Advisory Council is delving deeper into how much that change is likely to cost us all in those years ahead. The acting chair of the Fiscal Advisory Council, Professor Michael McMahon, is on the line to tell us more. Professor McMahon, good morning to you. Morning. Your conference today is looking at key issues for the Irish public finances and you're examining the cost of the green transition. Why is that so critical to our economic future? Well, so, uh, well, obviously climate is something that's going to permeate all aspects of our society and life going forward. And, you know, that's not coming from economists like me. It's coming from the scientists who, who study this stuff. But it does have pretty big implications for the, the public purse. So if, if I sort of break them down into different parts, the biggest one we, we sort of think and we can think clearly about now is sort of a good news story. As we move towards a climate transition and as we move away from the most polluting cars and towards, for instance, now a, a large stock of electric vehicles, that will reduce the amount of excise, VRT, VAT, motor tax, etc., because these are things that are taxed more heavily on more polluting cars. So when we move away from more polluting cars in a good news way, there'd be a lot less revenue. So we estimate that we're talking something like two and a half billion by 2030 and, and even way more by 2040. Alongside Is the sting that, in the imp- tail there not likely to be the drivers if they're not paying as much motor tax or fuel taxes that they'll be paying a lot more in tolls, for instance? It could be tolls. Uh, at the moment, uh, w- one of the sort of points that we, we push out is that in order to help the transition, it'd be really useful to have a, a sort of a longer term plan and ideally a cross political party plan so that people could start making decisions now with some certainty, whether you're a firm or a, or an individual. Mm-hmm. But but absolutely, there's going to be this, this loss of revenue. It's going to be made up somehow, um, either by cutting spending somewhere or by increasing taxes in other areas. Now, ideally, you increase them. So tolls would be one where if you drive more, then yes, uh, you, you would have to pay more. And, but or that's extra question charges we don't know on yet. SUVs or charges for driving into a town centre or a city centre? Yep. No, no, there's a whole host of these things on the table. And in fact, the Climate Commission has, has sort of put forward even other, other sort of possible things. What we sort of are pushing for now is a little bit more you know, planning now so that we don't have to suddenly implement yeah. these things more drastically as we reach 2030 and beyond. Yeah, and we are likely to be in that position, aren't we? Because we are off target, which means from 2030 on, we're likely to be having to pay the EU fines because we didn't meet uh, our green transition commitments, uh, fines that could run into billions. That's right, yeah. So so even... Um, even running up to 2030, we, we've estimated that given we're about halfway to our 2030 targets, um, you actually have milestones along the way where you have to start pay, paying compliance costs. And they could run up to a cumulative of about 3.5 billion by 2030. And then, as you say, they would build from there if we're still off track. So there's that, that aspect as well. And there's a huge amount, of, for instance, take the 
an energy production and at the moment we do relatively well with um, onshore wind but other countries are much further ahead with offshore wind which we're going to need if we're going to meet our energy targets. That requires huge investment from the state. In ports for instance we don't have ports that would be uh, capable of facilitating all of that transition at the moment. Again where does that money come from? Do we have it? Yeah, no, no. So, so for this, our story, like, like I say, we, we're quite optimistic in one sense in that we think that all of these challenges are surmountable, uh, but they do require planning now. So, for instance, even on the energy transition, the extent to which infrastructure is put in place solely by the state or, or by individual companies and people or a mix of the two, that's a big uncertainty that we don't know. If we had plans, we people companies, the government could all start the planning for it. But of course, that does, as you say, have implications for public spending if they spend a whole lot more on infrastructure yeah. for sustainable energy then we're going to have to think about where, where we get that and, and, and how we fund it. And what about our economic model as well? I mean, Ireland Inc. has invested heavily in attracting in, you know, technology companies and so on here. Uh, that brings, you know, data centres and extra demands for water and energy. Um, how do we continue with that growth and meet our green emission targets? Well, well, so so uh, the big push that we would have is to say that what we need to do is think about all these things in a joined up way, so have a full strategy. So again, you know, it's not our job to, to pick on one industry or, or another to not. But if we are going to have data centres, and they have been very lucrative for Ireland and for the Irish state in, in terms of the technology industries in Ireland, then we must sort of build that into our planning. Do we have the sustainable energy resources near to these data centres such that we sort of, you know, take them out of the carbon equation and we move on to to then addressing the other things? But if we have them, it requires even more investment so that the rest of us can also transition to not just carbon, uh, not just net zero. We want to sort of eventually get to net 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 negative. That That's where we should be targeting our, our plans. The big question, I suppose, about all of this is, can you have, I mean, our whole economic model depends on growth and economic growth. And Ireland, for for instance, prides itself usually, doesn't it, uh, on outperforming EU averages in terms of growth. So can you have economic growth continuing at the level that we've all come to expect? Or is that inherently contradictory with switching to a greener, carbon neutral or negative economy I, I don't think it's in, in inherently in conflict with that idea I mean I mean in fact there is a lot of growth possibility in the transition so green industry replacing existing polluting industry uh, the, the, the sort of the, there'll be jobs for people you know managing and, and and running and installing sustainable energy. There's retrofitting opportunities for the construction industry. There is still a lot of growth. I, I'm actually, I, I don't think we should be obsessed with growth, but, but we should be looking to get our economy to a position where we can both be sort of kind to the environment while also being able to sustain something like the standards of living across the country that we have become used to. But to do so requires a huge amount of planning and that planning has to start now and it has to be long term in in, in its nature. You're the first economist I've ever heard speak about being kind to the environment. (laughs) I'm certainly not unique in that. There's many people who who, who share that view. Um, Finally, uh, Professor McMahon, um, 
the council managed to persuade the minister and the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform not to cut the daily rate uh, for the chair and the members of the Fiscal Advisory Council who provide advice to government on budgetary strategy and the kind of issues you've been talking about. Um, What persuaded them? Uh, uh, I don't know. That's, I think, a question you're going to have to ask them. We we put forward the case. Uh, we thought it was quite a compelling case. I don't think it's particularly controversial to say that if you if you're working one day a week and they ask you to work three, that you should get three times the amount. That's, I think, what most of your listeners would would think is the norm. So I'm very pleased that we've sort of resolved this now and we can sort of get on with sort of the, the 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 ordinary business of of looking at the numbers. Um, being critical, being that that sort of thorn in the side of the government, where if 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 needs be, and ultimately to allow them to to get on with the the important business of making these these decisions. And of course, these are always their decisions. We just we just there to sort of be be a voice of some analysis that we try and do to help the discussion. Well, thank you for lending us your voice this morning. That's Professor Michael McMahon, acting chair of the Fiscal Advisory Council.